Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 238. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week where I get to hang out with one of the amazing instructors from the Blueprint Live Online instructor crew. This week, we're continuing our breakdown of full-length one from Blueprint MCAT, which you can get for free by signing up for a free Blueprint MCAT account over at blueprintmcat.com. I'm continuing my discussion with Dorothy, going into Psychsos Passage 8. Again, this is from Blueprint MCAT full-length one. Dorothy, welcome back for another episode of the MCAT podcast. I'm so excited to continue to chat with you. How are we doing today? Doing great. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be back. <laughs> I'm excited. Hopefully, um, hopefully, students are loving you because we got got some more Dorothy in store to continue breaking down Blueprint MCAT full length one. We are in the psych social section, uh, passage eight. So going to continue almost our break almost almost to the yeah. end. What is it like? <laughs> yeah, what what is it like? What what advice do you have for students who are who are starting to to crash at this point, right? The the old I think they're Snickers commercials, the whole don't bomb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think like eat a Snickers. Like I don't know if that's the best idea, but uh what advice do you have for students who are just who are just just struggling to get through these last couple passages? Yeah, I think that sugar crash is great while it lasts, but always inevitable, unfortunately, especially if you're testing for 90 minutes at a time. Um, and so I always I always look forward to the psych social section, actually, because it's that last stretch. I like to think of it as just a little bit of a break from the harder sciences. Not that it's necessarily easier, just it's a different kind of thinking, I think, than you might see in bio, biochem, or chemphys. So it's kind of that last stretch. Think about what you want to do after the MCAT is finished. Think about kind of those... <laughs> external motivators that are getting you to the finish line here. <laughs> yes. Think about those yeah. adult beverages maybe that you'll consume to celebrate <laughs> being done with the MCAT potentially. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So uh, don't get too distracted, but there's some, some things to think about there, which is good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into passage eight here. Uh, again, this mm-hmm. is full length one, which everyone gets for free by signing up for a free account over at blueprintmcat.com. All right. Passage eight, let's just get started here. First paragraph, Nigeria has the second largest number of HIV infected persons in the world and HIV control is a significant challenge. Studies show that an individual's perception can increase their HIV risk 
and vulnerability and also influence their HIV protection behavior. These studies follow the theories of planned behavior, protection motivation, and health belief model, which are based largely on people's beliefs about their own vulnerability to health risks. Despite the prevalence of HIV infection, poor perception of people's vulnerability in Nigeria has rendered abstinence and needle avoidance campaigns ineffective. All right, so a lot of information in that first paragraph. I'm probably just noting that, hey, some people don't understand how vulnerable they are to HIV. So I would probably highlight something that reflects that. So in the second sentence, maybe I would highlight an individual's perception can increase their HIV risk and vulnerability. And then from that, it kind of follows that their behavior might change accordingly, depending on how much they perceive themselves to be vulnerable, right? And so that's probably all, I'd, all I would highlight, just that little stretch in that first paragraph, but just noting that vulnerability um, and people's perception of that can be different from their actual risk. All right, next paragraph. Gender, sexism, and gender stereotypes are factors that have been identified as drivers for HIV susceptibility. Specifically, gender inequality has been connected to increased risk of HIV infection. In addition, an individual's belief about the control of their health has recently gained attention from researchers. According to attribution theory, people ascribe their health to either internal factors or external factors. Demographic factors such as age in relation to perception of vulnerability to HIV infection have also been well researched. So this paragraph is a ton of factors and kind of things that might contribute to this idea of HIV susceptibility. So I'd probably just highlight the names of those factors. So first sentence, gender sexism and gender stereotypes, um, specifically gender equality in that next sentence. And then we're also noting connections to attribution theory. And then in that last sentence, we have some demographic factors as well. So just noting that I can always come back for these specific factors from this paragraph if needed. Amazing. <laughs> All right, moving on to our table. Table one shows comparisons of participant scores by their gender on the standardized scales. Standard deviations are in parentheses. So, my approach with tables, I just go and look at all the different categories. So whether it's by row or column first. So if I go down the columns, I guess I've got variables, perceived vulnerability, ambivalent sexism, hostile sexism, benevolent sexism, sexual assertiveness, gender stereotypes, and health locus of control. So I have a lot of factors that are being measured quantitatively, apparently. I'm not really going to highlight anything here, just noting that these are very much in line with the kind of factors that were noted earlier. Um, on the top of the table though, I'm seeing male, female, total, and t-test results. So we're comparing genders, but we also have t-test results, which means we have significance. So Ryan, if you look down that p-value column, what do you see? Um, lots of very tiny p-results. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing the same. I think almost all of them, except for maybe sexual assertiveness, would yep. be significant under the p is less than 0.05 standard. So lots of significance here. Um, with super tiny p-values of things like 0 0.001. <laughs> so definitely a lot of significant things here, which I'm just going to note that and move on, come back to, for specific values if I need to. Okay. All right, last paragraph here. Let's finish it out. 
Researchers used a cross-sectional survey to investigate the role of psychosocial factors in the predictions of perceived vulnerability to HIV infection. Nigerian volunteers aged 18 to 35 independently completed the surveys. Data was sorted by six separate psychometric criteria. The participants' perceived vulnerability to HIV infection was estimated using an empirically and theoretically based self-developed scale. Higher scores on the scale indicate poorer perception of vulnerability. The scale follows the social cognitive model of health behavior, which assumes that people's beliefs and attitudes serve as proximal determinants of their behavior. Okay, so lots of information in this paragraph about our study itself. So it was cross-sectional. I would probably highlight that in the first sentence. And also I'd highlight what they were actually trying to look at. So the role of psychosocial factors in the predictions of perceived vulnerability to HIV infection. I always like to kind of note who our participants are. So 18 to 35 volunteers, and we are sorting this data into six criteria. Um, so kind of noting that whether you highlight that or not is kind of up to you, but yeah. Thank you, Brian, for highlighting those. <laughs> um, and then the one other thing that I really want to call out here is that they tell us what a higher score means. So they say higher scores on the scale indicate poor perception of vulnerability. So I would probably highlight that a higher score means worse perception. All righty. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so we get to the end and then we freak out and go, what did I just read? <laughs> um, all right, so lots of vulnerability to HIV and um, this survey here. So, absolutely. Uh, all right, so we jump into the first question here. Question 39 is which of the following is not an example of a demographic measure? So, this first question here. I think is like, it's it's not even asking about this specific passage. It's just saying in general, mm -hmm. um, and I, I think we see that a lot in the psych so section uh, among other places yeah. where it's, it's sure. do you understand how research is created? And demographic measure is a part of surveys and research. And do you understand mm -hmm. what a demographic measure is? So um all right so super important for human research especially yeah but yeah i think in psych social you do see a lot more of these pseudo discretes because psych social is so terminology heavy mm -hmm. um, they want to know if you know your definitions and how to apply them yeah so demographic uh measure income sexual orientation education and absolute mobility so uh, i look at those and i Absolute mobility seems like it's the outlier of like, well, that's just a little bit different than everything else. So I'm going to pick D just because of that. <laughs> You'd be right. So odd one out definitely is a great strategy here. So yeah, if you think about what demography is, it's just studying certain statistical parameters that tell us how populations are changing over time. So income, great. Sexual orientation, great. Education, also great. Absolute mobility is definitely kind of an odd one out because it just measures like living standards of individuals versus like previous generations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does does yeah. B potentially throw people off the the sexual orientation because they read that as like gender, uh, and they mm. go, "Well, gender is not a demographic. That's just something." Or or, or because they maybe read that wrong. Do you think that throws people off? 
I think it definitely can. I'm noticing in the statistics because we kind of analyze how how often people answer certain questions or answer choices. B is definitely the second most popular one. And I think that's probably it, but it can track essentially, you know, maybe in our current generation, there are a higher frequency of like more variable sexual orientations and things like that. So that is definitely something that is generational. It can change over time. Yeah. And thus it's a good demographic measure. Okay. All right, moving on, question 40. All right. Growing populations in rural Nigeria and limited farmland to support this growth have caused many hungry people to move to Benin City in hopes of finding jobs. Which phenomenon best represents this situation? We've got A, vertical mobility, B, urbanization, C, globalization, and D, population growth. So it seems too easy. Like they're moving from <laughs> rural to um, to the city to an urban environment. So uh, it seems like B urbanization. Vertical mobility doesn't seem like that is anything. Vertical to me is like getting ahead mm-hmm. potentially. Uh, globalization, mm-hmm. obviously, this is this is just Nigeria, so we're not talking about the world here. And right. then it's not talking about the population growing. It's just talking about where they're moving to. So I'm going to go with B, urbanization. Yeah. B, urbanization is correct. Yeah, essentially what's happening in this question stem is that people are moving to the city to work, right? That is very much our definition for urbanization, where people move from rural areas to cities. Um, in terms of v- vertical mobility, to clarify that definition, vertical mobility is like moving from one social level to a higher one yep. or lower one. So yeah, you can change jobs into a higher or lower one. You can marry into a higher or lower social level. But that, yeah, that's not really what's happening here. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Amazing. All right. Easy peasy. Question 41. After the study, a male participant with a low perceived vulnerability contracts HIV. While applying for a job, an employer discovers his HIV status after failing to receive a job offer. The man concludes that he was not hired because of his condition. If true, this would be an example of A, stigma on the part of the participant, B, racism on the part of the employer, C, prejudice on the part of the employer, or D, discrimination on the part of the employer. All right, so stigma on the part of the Mm -hmm. participant seems like that's not right because it's not it's stigmatizing HIV of the participant, but it's not right <laughs> on, on the part to me seems like it's saying the participant is the one who has the stigma that yeah. they are projecting out to the world. Um, so a is not right. Uh, B racism is not, doesn't seem right here. So I'm left with mm-hmm. C and D. So prejudice and discrimination. And so I'd have to <laughs> think about what is what is the strict definition of both of those? Uh, right. I'm going to go with D, discrimination, just because discrimination mm-hmm. to me seems like that's the one where, where bad things are happening to the participant because of discrimination. Yep. Prejudice just doesn't seem like it's the right word there. Yeah. Um, D is correct here. So it is discrimination by the employer. I think the MGAT is really particular about this definition for prejudice versus discrimination. And the thing that um, makes discrimination a little different is that it has to involve some sort of action or behavior. Um, So there is some sort of irrational, often negative treatment of a person or maybe even a group due to the prejudice. So the prejudice itself is like just this attitude of being irrational or negative towards something or someone. 
discrimination is acting upon that prejudice and having it filter into your behavior. And so because this employer is actually not hiring this man because of their HIV status, that is discrimination because they are holding, um, holding back employment from this person. So explain that again. What what would prejudice be here? So so if the question was changed a little bit, mm-hmm. how would it be prejudice here to make prejudice yeah. the right answer? So prejudice would be attitude without behavior. So without if the, behavior. Okay. Yeah. So if the question Sam was describing, oh, this employer thinks that this person is not going to be a good employee because of his HIV status, or like has some sort of like attitude towards this person, but doesn't necessarily not hire them or doesn't actually act against it. Got it. Then that's prejudice. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Good question. All right. So moving on here, question 42. All right. In response to the point that gender inequality can contribute to the spread of HIV, a Western European policymaker suggests that Western European gender roles should be directly imposed on African and Asian countries in order to reduce HIV transmission. This proposal is most likely to be criticized for being an example of blank, and we've got A, groupthink, B, deindividuation, C, stigma, and D, ethnocentrism. <laughs> I, I I don't know. It's just too easy. It's like you're, you're <laughs> taking your one kind of here in Western Europe, aka our white people, and, right. and, and imposing <laughs> that on the African and Asian countries. To me, that's just ethnocentrism. Like... Yeah. Like without even knowing anything else, there's just something about ethnic involvement there. Mm. Yeah. Like the Western European people are saying like, oh, our gender roles should be imposed on other people. Like our way of doing things is the best way. And that is ethnocentrism all the way. Um, Do we want to go through the other definitions here? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, Group things. So that is kind of a phenomenon when you're in a group and you just kind of tend to go with the flow and conform with the ideas of the actual group. Mm. So. Um, you kind of shut away your individual reasoning. You just want to preserve harmony within the group. So you just kind of make decisions based on <laughs> what the consensus seems to be, which can lead to like some pretty poor decision-making as a group if you're not really logically weighing out all the pros and cons of can, a decision. Can we th- say January 6th? <laughs> Maybe. I, I won't <laughs> know that. <laughs> um, de-individuation is you know, loss of individuality within a group. Um, so you kind of lose your sense of self-awareness in a large group setting. Um, stigma is, we talked about in the last question here, but it's kind of strong disapproval attached to something. So we often use this in our vernacular. I think if we say like drug abuse is stigmatized or HIV is stigmatized, like we have, we kind of are familiar with that term, I think from our vernacular, but yeah. that's essentially its definition. Yeah. Yep. All right. Awesome. Some good definitions for you all. Question 43, last one here of the passage, based on the methods used by the researcher, right? So now we're finally kind of actually talking about the passage. So all the other questions, I don't think had anything to do with the passage. Um, I'll throw in one. (laughs) Based on the methods used by the researcher, which of the following represents an inherent limitation of, uh, in this study? A, information obtained from the surveys is susceptible to confounding variables. B, failure to demonstrate the comparability of patients in treatments and control groups. C, failure to use appropriate controls or comparison groups. Or D, information obtained from the surveys is uh, susceptible to subjective bias. (sighs) All right, so... 
we know that the methods um, is it's all survey based, right? It's something we highlighted here: cross sectional yeah. survey to determine the role of psychosocial factors in the predictions of perceived vulnerability to HIV infections. Uh, and then we know volunteers 18 to 35. So there's a little bit of potential issue with who they're picking. Um, and then the data sorted, blah, blah, blah. So if we look at um, information obtained from the surveys is susceptible to confounding variables. Well, kind of, I, I don't know. I, I know there's confounding and non-confounding and the strict definition right. of those and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm going to ignore that one for now because okay. I those those always confuse me. The, those confounding variables always confuse me. <laughs> B, failure to demonstrate the comparability of patients in treatments and control groups. I don't know if this actually plays a part because they're, they're really not talking about treatment and this and that. And control yeah. groups, it's all survey and like what people think. And so. Exactly. I'm yeah. gonna, so these. Go ahead. Are you getting rid of B? I'm going to get rid of B. All right. Yeah. Controls or comparison groups are really only applicable in those experimental studies because you need you, to ensure that whatever your treatment is, is actually having the desired effect. So this is survey based, as you said. So it's really not applicable here. Yeah. So I'm going to get rid of B. C, failure to root, to to use appropriate controls or comparison groups. So again, C, I'm going to get rid of for the same exact reason. Yep. Uh, and then D, information obtained from the surveys is susceptible to subjective bias. Right? And subjective bias is, to me, why surveys are terrible. Because the person yeah. <laughs> answering the surveys, they're going to answer it either to make themselves look better or to to give the results that they think the researcher wants to know. And so mm -hmm. I'm going to go with D just because I know that surveys are one of the worst data collection methods and, and there's lots of issues with it. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go with D just for that reason. Yeah, the subjective bias piece is definitely a bigger issue than the confounding variables, especially since we don't have information as to what those compounds could be. But yeah, as you said, whenever I see surveys in experimental methods, I'm always like, hmm, that's a little, I don't know, not quantitative. You can't really measure anything um, that's not in a subjective way. So probably the biggest issue here for sure. All right. I Good love call. this passage. This, this was easy. <laughs> I think you were five for five. <laughs> I, I think so too. So I'll, I'll take Amazing. it. I'll take it. It's like so, so crushing it. Um, <laughs> all right. So we, we get done with passage eight. Um, when you get a passage like this on, on the real MCAT, right? You're, you're there. Mm -hmm. You, you're like, I think that was too easy. Like what is <laughs> my brain goes, I, I must have screwed all of that up because that seemed <laughs> too easy. What do you tell yourself in those situations? Yeah, it's definitely a fine line between like second guessing yourself and being overconfident. Um, but yeah, I think there are going to be some easier passages. There are definitely going to be some harder passages. So just kind of know that and kind of feel that out when you're doing your practice exams, because you might even in your full lengths be like, okay, that I felt good about that one. Now let's see what the next one brings. And so um, I think a lot of that does also come with confidence in your own content review as well. So if you know your definitions, you don't have to go back. Don't second guess yourself. You know, them. just move on. Um, and so I think 
the more you practice and the more you get a feel for the broad range and the spectrum of difficulty in which the MCAT can actually ask questions, perhaps the more confident you'll feel when you do come across an easier set on test day. Yeah, I, I, I think the the key advice that I would love to give students is, is mm-hmm. don't get too excited when uh, it's an quote unquote easy passage and don't get too down when you when it's a hard passage because you don't know if if the passage that you just did and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I've never seen anything like that at all. What the heck was that? You don't know if that's <laughs> the experimental passage, right? The, right. the WMC <laughs> is always testing new questions and new ways to, to present information. And so they may have these experimental questions and passages that, that aren't scored mm-hmm. and, and don't let that trip you up on, on your test day. So get done with a passage or your set of discretes and just go, I'm done. Time to move on. Don't don't right. judge every question and every passage as you go. Absolutely. If you're really unsure about a question, flag it so you can come back and review it. But I like to think of like I'm wrapping a bow on every passage set before I move on to the next. Um, so I'm feeling good about it. Maybe it maybe I win some, I lose some, but we're moving on. <laughs> All right. Um, and that way you can really cleanse the palate before you move on to the next batch passage. All right, so there you have it. Again, full length one from Blueprint MCAT with Dorothy, one of the live online instructors. If you haven't checked out Blueprint MCAT yet, what are you waiting for? Almost every student who takes the MCAT uses free resources from Blueprint MCAT. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com. We'll see you next week for another episode of the MCAT Podcast. This is MedEd Media.